This is episode 224 of How About That Cigar, recorded live at the Corona Cigar Studio. We have Mike and Keith on the show to talk about lovely cigars and some other industry topics. Please take a minute to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss an episode. Now on with the show. Corona Cigar Company is your one-stop shop for all your cigar needs. Whether that's a brand new humidor, a box of those new cigars you've been waiting for, a top-of-the-line cutter or lighter, a place to enjoy the finest cigars and spirits with friends, or the only cigars grown right here in the Sunshine State, we've got you covered. Come visit one of our retail locations for the ultimate cigar experience. Visit us online at coronacigar.com. How about that cigar? Well, how about that cigar? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Corona Cigar Studios for episode 224 of How About That Cigar Live. Thank you so much, guys, for watching live on Facebook, live on YouTube, and if you're listening after the fact on the audio podcast, guys, thank you so much for making How About That Cigar a part of your regular audio podcast rotation Take just a minute, if you would, please share us out with your favorite Facebook cigar groups. Let everybody know that we are live. Tag your friends, tell your friends, and click on the beautiful like and subscribe buttons if you're on YouTube or Facebook. Um, it is a beautiful, oh, I want, I, I'm trying to get out the words. It's a beautiful day here in Minnesota in the Corona Cigar Studios, but it's because it's not snowing you have to look at it that it's way. not snowing but oh man it's it's just like the the cold throes of winter are like have their their fingers creeping around right our necks you know it's and we t i mean it's it's minnesota winter's gonna happen you know spoiler yeah. alert yeah. but i i dread it every year yeah. the old and the older i get i'm like the more i could my bones need heat more. I'm, I'm crankier <laughs> about it every year Every year, I just I just can't take it. So uh, let's get our super duper awesome, fantastic producer in here, producer Mr. Extraordinaire. Justin Extraordinaire. <laughs> What's going on, guy? What's up, brother? I'm cold. You're cold. I mean, I'm not. It's warm in here, but I'm just. Mm -hmm. I, I went outside to get the mail or check the mailbox today. Yeah. yeah. I I was just like, nope, nope. You can cover my house. I keep it at sixty degrees at nighttime. <laughs> well, it's fortunately, it's <laughs> but but you know, you still yes. got to go out. You know the. If if only they dropped off the mail inside my house, they just oh, they yeah, they, they, re they refused to do that. Put the slot in there. No, you can't. I got an all glass door, and you can't do that. I don't know. So, well, should we do we sport, have to do this? We we do. So, who do you do you want to start with the bad or the good? The bad, the bad, the, the Jets, bad. dude. What the <laughs> freak is going on with them? Well, they're they're terrible. I mean, uh, there's just, is there a word worse than terrible? Well, there are, but you know, it's up to you if you want to use I mean, those words. Is that, is that why you got Vikings colors on? <laughs> well, I just thought I'd show off my new "How about that cigar" shirt. Looking good. I like those colors on you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, you like the? You yeah, like I, like, the I like the Viking purple on the purple yeah. and gold. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, looks good. The green yeah. did look good last week, but uh, yeah, the green and white that is. I, I can I so Thanksgiving Day, I still can't get over the fact that Green Bay won the game. I mean, I was expecting like a 31-13 blowout by um not only did they win by the Lions. They actually look solid. They looked really good. They looked the defense was incredible. I that game and I thought they looked really good. That's I, saying that's saying a lot. I was like, there. is that yeah. the thing Green Bay has been playing all year? What's going on here? I mean, I was I loved it. I loved it, but you just it makes you nervous because you're yeah. like 
Like, are why they, can't are, they do this all year round? Are, are they going to be able to keep this going? <laughs> right. I mean, I, it, it, be, because, yeah, it gives you hope. It's like, okay, you guys, you have the talent to execute this. Right. And to 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 beat a team as good as Detroit is, because Detroit is really good this season. So it it just makes me nervous. So I'd like to say this. I'd like to use a little Stephen A. How he feels about the Cowboys. So I want Green Bay. The last game they need to win to go into playoffs, and they lose on a last second field goal and don't make the playoffs. The 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 Packers lose. Yeah. No. No. Yeah, that's what's going to happen. They're no. going to need the last game to win the last game, and no. they will miss the field goal for the loss. No, that's not going to happen. He's calling it. He's telling you. That's telling you. Happen. You guys going to put a wager on that right now in front of everybody or, or what? Our other wager's doing real good, our weight loss. <laughs> oh, our, yeah, our weight loss wager. We're both losing gaining. or gaining, whatever whatever sorry, you want to call sorry, it. I'm losing enough for both of you. So. <laughs> you got to eat. Uh, so, all right, and, and because – when it comes to football, I'm a diehard Green Bay Packers fan. When it comes to all other sports, I follow and root for Minnesota teams. Mm. The Minnesota Wild fired their head coach today. And their so, GM and the guy that cleans the No, it wasn't office. the GM. It was the, the head coach and one of the assistants. Oh, okay. And so Dean Evanson, who was the winningest coach in the history of the Minnesota Wild, got fired today. That's weird. Well, we lost seven in a row. They, oh, they've okay. th this season's been terrible. Yeah, and and the fact that they were so lackluster in mm -hmm. uh, the playoffs last season, it's it's like, you, what are you gonna do? Time to go. And yeah. every coach and somebody, uh, you know, friend of the show and somebody, friend locally, said commented when I posted that today, saying, you know, he's the winningest coach in in Wild history. You got to. You know, the players have to execute, and I I agree, and I am 100% about that. That it's I, I I'm not on the coach train where it's all about the coaching, but every coach pretty much in history who's been super, you know, awesome. They always when they when they go downhill, it's fast and hard. They either they either retire before it gets too bad, or they get fired. Hmm. It's happened to the best coaches in history, and it happened to to Dean. So yes, Tom D. Patriots are going to get. They're not Patriots. getting the first round. <laughs> Belichick's going to get fired, or he's going to retire, or get traded. Yeah. To, uh, you heard it first, San Diego. Yeah, he's calling it out. He's got all kinds of call outs tonight, man. Or maybe he'll go to Chicago Bears. Uh, the Vikings tied it up. It's three to three right. at halftime. Uh, so yeah, three to three. At halftime. What, a, what an exciting game. What an exciting game. At least uh, they can hit those field goals, huh? Well, yeah. Who knows? We, they <laughs> might have missed a couple. <laughs> uh, all right. And uh, this evening, uh, before we bring on our special guest, we have our mystery whiskey of the evening that Raul brought to me. What do we so, got? It, what's this week, Raul? Tennessee say it. bourbon. Bourbon. Tennessee okay. bourbon. So I, I poured Wait, which it. Which one is it? Is it whiskey or bourbon? It's a bourbon whiskey. Oh, okay. You can have bourbon. I don't know the you difference. Have, we don't drink. We don't know the difference. We just it doesn't have to be oh. made in Kentucky to be bourbon. Oh, okay. It has to be made in, in the United, United States. States. I know that one from last week. And it has to follow other certain rules, but it smells really good. Sweet. Tasty. What's the velocity let's, let's the viscosity it. of it? Oh, that's good. That's very good. Mm -hmm. That's how I do. Yeah, it's not too boozy. It's got really good viscosity, which you guys know I like. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, well, I'm going to 
can try to decipher what bourbon that is uh, as the show goes on. But it is time, ladies and gentlemen, for our special guests of the evening. So, as you guys know on How About That Cigar Live, special guests of the show are always brought to us by our friends at Drew Estate. And they originally introduced Chateau Real in 2007. Not long after that launch, this cigar brand mysteriously disappeared. Ooh, and the happened? story became that only of folklore, folklore. legend, Ooh. and even controversy. Ooh. Now, Chateau Real makes a triumphant return exclusively at Drew Diplomat Digital <laughs> Retailers, a luxurious blend crafted to highlight the cigar's Connecticut shade forward flavor. Its balanced blend of well-aged Nicaraguan binder and filler tobaccos are wrapped in a beautiful Connecticut shade wrapper leaf. This cigar is available in Robusto, Toro, and Churchill only at Drew Diplomat Online Premium Cigar Retailers, and it is presented in 20-count boxes. For more information, please visit DrewEstate.com. I'm going right. to have to try that with a cup of coffee. Oh, I, I had the Chateau Real back in the day. Yeah. It was a great cigar, so mm -hmm. I'm excited to try the new one because I'm hoping it's as good as it used to be. Yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, if you would, please put your hands together and welcome to episode 224 of How About That Cigar Live from Lovely Cigars, Mike and Keith. Welcome to the show. Hey, guys. Hey, what's happening, guys? It is a beautiful night here in Minnesota, uh, and we know that you guys know and love winter just as much as we do. Yeah, it showed up two days ago for us. You are uh, coming to us live from the beautiful city of green bay wisconsin mm -hmm. green bay, wisconsin. Um, go pack go go pack go as you yeah i'm representing i had to represent sorry, tonight sorry guys i threw up in my mouth <laughs> a little bit <laughs> you'll be fine you'll be fine it's all right oh this green we bay have a packer love here we have as soon as our table scraps uh uh get his uh his, his leg back in order he's gonna start winning for you guys yeah yeah you guys can have the table scraps Rogers, Cobb, Lazard. Let's go back a little further. Back Favre. 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 Yeah. yeah. The, the man who put Crocs on the map. <laughs> Literally. Literally. Right. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, well, guys, uh, if you would, please uh, let everybody know what you guys are smoking and drinking along with us on the show this evening. Uh, I'm having our... Uh, Elegante X2, uh, the original line that we came out with. I'm having a Churchill over 162 Orioles line. Very nice. Raul, what do you have fired up? I have the Elegante, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That one. Oh, nice. That's a beautiful band, especially since it doesn't have any green in it. <laughs> Great minds think alike here. So, I got to get fired up. I smoked that green one. What about a month and a half ago, Mike? This one, yeah, yes. like that, yeah. And then actually, you gave it to me about a month and a half, and I smoked it down when I was hunting. And that thing's unique. I like that. Until I noticed the damn colors on the band. <laughs> I think it's beautiful. I think it's perfect. It's that, don't, this, these are winning colors. These are championship colors. No, I mean, most maybe of, in white, like my Yankees. Most of any NFL team in history, probably. I mean. Yeah, I mean, it's only, even close, to be honest. It's only 13 championships. That's all. Yeah. 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 Rest have, like, what, six or seven? Well, are we just talking overall championships? Yeah. Then we can go to my Yankees, and we have 27. 
round sport. Oh, we're jumping. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. Oh, we're not jumping sports. All right, if the work. if the Packers ever play the Yankees, let me know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm fucking done. I'm out of here. <laughs> well, uh, I'm gonna get my cigar fired up right now. So That's let me let idea. me let me bring our little friend up here on the on the table. All right, let's go. All right, Justin, let's do this. When lighting your cigar, it's important to be patient, pay close attention to detail, and focus on the tobacco. In the same way, Steve Saka brings those same qualities to the ultra-premium cigars of Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust. Patience, close attention, and focus on the tobacco are the qualities that Saka and Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust have become known for. From Sober Mesa to Umbagog, Dunbarton has a blend that will fit your palate, your mood, and any occasion. Visit DunbartonCigars.com to learn more. That was an amazing... I don't know how you... You were a ventriloquist. That's how I roll. And David, Floyd, don't put that mojo on us. <laughs> we're not going to break the big guy. All right? We're not going to do it. No, no. At least the, I'm not going to do it. I, I don't well, if, it. if anybody breaks the poor soccer squash, it's going to be me. Um, all right. So, guys, before we get into um, this this new cigar brand that you have, we want to learn a little bit about each of you individually. So, Mike, let's start with you. Uh, tell us about your first cigar and, um, you know, how long you've been enjoying premium cigars. So, my, my first cigar, I think, is kind of a fun story. Yeah. When I was about 12 years old, I found this old tin, and they were uh, It's a Boy cigars that were in a round tin with a twist-off lid, and they were the cigars that my dad handed out when I was born. Wow. Not humidified. They were not well-kept. They were dry. They were awful. But, uh, you know, I snuck it, went outside around the back of the Belton country and uh, smoked that cigar and uh, came in the house and turned green. So from there, it was... Uh, I, you know, that was the first cigar I smoked. That was the first time that I, I tried a cigar. And then down the road, you know, uh, went out with some guys. We had some, you know, we were having a, a bachelor party, and we stopped at a cigar shop, and we ended up staying there for the rest of the night. And that was the first time that I really got into uh, premium cigars, you know. And uh, it was a, a Fuente that uh, kind of brought me into the – the world of like, oh, this is really nice. This is not what I remember from when I was a kid and what I stole from from my parents and tried smoking out in the back. So, uh, and and yeah, ever since then, I've I've been on kind of this mission to find really good cigars and find out what I enjoy. Nice. Uh, and Keith, what about your first cigar experience? I don't remember. I okay. I, I don't remember my first. I remember. Uh, so me and Mike have been friends for uh, a couple decades. And um, and he started a cigar lounge in Green Bay, uh, man, like 16 years ago. Yeah, 16, 17 years ago. And I showed up at his lounge on opening night to like you know support my buddy. And um, I think that was probably my first like dabble into like good cigars. And uh, and I, I would I, I like wasn't like an everyday smoker, but I'd show up you know play to play poker or something at the lounge. Um, I, th I think I just got into it just from hanging around you, what, like 16, 17 years ago. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, but like my first one, like, as you asked that question, like, oh, sheesh, I, I don't, I don't know. I just, I guess I can't remember, like, I can't remember a time when I would answer the question, I don't smoke cigars, 
But yeah. like, I also don't like know when that turn happened in my life where it became like uh, such a, a, a prominent uh, hobby of mine. Okay. Well, and, and I want to know a little bit, sorry, I, I want to know a little bit too about how um, you, Mike and Keith, and then the third gentleman as part of Lovely Cigars, Dylan, how you guys uh, know each other and what got you to get together, uh, you know, as a trio and start this company? You answer that one. I, I, I guess, we, I mean, we have a, a history of, of overcoming obstacles in our lives. And through that, you know, we, we found uh, each other and worked through some issues and known each other for that's such a vague i don't i don't don't know about i don't know that's such a vague truthfully like i I don't drink um i used to have a problem with drinking and uh and the same here the the state the state some 21 years ago uh suggested that i go on a sabbatical (laughs) for uh for an extended period of time okay and um and 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 truthfully I, I i met him uh because he he too was quitting drinking at roughly the same time, and uh, and yeah, we we just we because what what when you when you when, like, I guess I was what twenty years old when I stopped drinking, and and Mike, you were 20, 22? 22. So like we were kind of young in like trying to like uh, stay sober, rebuild our lives. Yeah, mm-hmm. and so like you kind of gravitate towards just people in your cohort, I guess, and uh, I guess like just from no other options, right? We, we, we were like, hey, you want to be friends? <laughs> we should hang out. We should, we should hang out. He's like, we're, we're the only ones in our 20s here. <laughs> and then uh, and our third our, our third owner, Dylan, he uh, he also doesn't drink. And we we met the same sort of uh, um, same sort of circumstances. Okay. Nice. Um, well, as you look at you know, the, the world of premium cigars, you know, for those of us who have been enjoying premium cigars for a long time, we know that over the years, there's been all kinds of different things happening in the industry, whether it's taxes, whether it's, uh, you know, the FDA, all kinds of stuff going on. So when you look at a, at a, at a product category that has really had ups and downs over the last few years, um, you know, there's some people who really admire and appreciate guys who have the fortitude to step up and say, this is something we enjoy and love and want to spread in the community. Yeah. So what made you guys sit down as the three of you and say, let's start a brand new cigar company? <laughs> in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Yeah. In Green we're, Bay, Wisconsin, of all places. We're, it's, a, it's, a, it's a thoroughbred of cigar rollers oh yeah i mean when you think of green bay wisconsin you think hand-rolled premium cigars but there is actually a great history but there Tremendous. is there's a there is a there is a large history uh and i guess we'll probably talk about that later on in the show but um it was during it was right before covid and then during covid in particular uh we we would we would just get together and have cigars like we were doing that for years getting together uh maybe once a week or something and just to catch up, not really to like talk about a cigar business or anything, but um, to just hang out with your friends. And yeah. uh, and during COVID, we we I don't know. I, do people say fortitude or I, I would say the kind of stupidity. Yeah. Like like we. Uh, I think they often go hand in hand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they have for me in my life at least. 
when I, when I had the cigar shop, you know, the cigar shop's still running. I'm just not a part of it anymore. But when I was part of the cigar shop, that was, it was always a, a dream. And, you know, we looked at, I looked at doing it with a couple other people and we tried to come up with a whole idea and it just, it didn't go anywhere. And, you know, this was something that once I was out of the cigar shop, I still, you know, used to say it's like being in Timkin. You know, every time we talk about it, my eyes would light up and <laughs> start talking more about it. And, and so I was like, you know, I got this idea. You know, we could we could do this. You know, it wouldn't. You know, we could start out small. We could see if we could get people behind us, and you know, people liking. Yeah. You know, our flavor profiles and what we like, uh, and that was really kind of the the basis of like maybe we could try this. You know, yeah. and, and you know, let's let's see what we can do. And you know, we're not we're not rich guys that have you know tons of money. We're just trying to do something that we really enjoy together. The, 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 the pitch was uh, we were having a cigar in my in my backyard. Uh, and we were, it was even so weird. Like we were, we were like six feet apart and like in our lawn chairs at the time. And, um, and I, I think a lot of people picked up hobbies during, during, uh, quarantine and during COVID and stuff. And I, I went to Mike and I'm like, you know, this year I was thinking about starting like start a bit, like a, a, a start of entrepreneurial business. And Mike is a serial entrepreneur. He like, he, he's a guy that just starts businesses. And, and so I pitched it to him. I'm like, I'm thinking about doing that. Cause like, he always had, like, I always like looked up to his, business savvy when it came to that and um and then mike came back he was like i was thinking about doing the same thing but i was thinking about starting the cigar line and like i, I was like I was, I was sitting around the cigar line and i was like do people do that <laughs> like, like do, do people do that and uh and yeah so there there's the like the part of the the naivety the stupidity of like well why couldn't we yeah well if somebody else did it why can't we why couldn't we and, yeah it was like kind of like how does a how does a, why does a bumble, bumblebee fly right they, they they're not supposed to fly based on their weight and, and wing size but no one ever told the bumblebee they couldn't fly so they do and that was kind of how we were with the cigar like no one told us that we couldn't and step by step by step uh, along the process um, it just it kept making sense it kept working nice I got a question yeah can we, can we backtrack a little bit guys let's if you don't mind can we go back to your sobriety. Sure. Um, and do you do you guys find that I'm so I've been sober for a couple of days too now, twenty six years or something like that. Yeah, yeah. has been too. Um, do you find there's a certain camaraderie around the cigars that from the group that doesn't drink? You know what I mean? Do you find more friends of Bill in your surrounding area that doesn't drink and and and, and they smoke more cigars? I think there's a, a certain amount, um, you know, and, and probably when you when you take away something that ends up being so consuming in your life, uh, you got to find some other passions to fill up part of that hole. So I, I would say that it's it's something that a lot of people probably gravitate towards. And and like for me, I was I was a I I, I and you you're the same. My I was I was a kind of a, a rotten person. Like I was I didn't do a lot of really good things. I had a lot of really bad attributes and bad character attributes and flaws. And, um, as I, as I, as I just took care of the drinking and the drugs and then started just getting, becoming a better person and, uh, and, and, and my faith in God and everything. Um, and as that grew, my faith grew, um, the drinking, I don't really think too much about it. You know, like when I'm in a cigar lounge, just talking to people, that's almost never like brought up at all. Um, uh, it's, it's never like a, huge oh you're not drinking well, why it's it's 
my life is I've just progressed to a point where it's just kind of like a, a, a footnote now in my in my timeline in my story. Um, but I'll tell you when we do uh, when I personally when I'm out and out and about and I run into another person that also is choosing to live uh, a, a sober life. Um, there is a camaraderie about it, and uh, but I, I don't know if I would if I'd honestly say it's any more stronger in in the cigar circle as a. a as opposed to any other circle that you go about. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, curiously enough, you know, when new cigar companies start and, and there've been a number of new cigar companies over the last few years, even, um, you know, there's one of the things I'm always interested about is the name of the cigar company, where the name came from. But I know this is a, actually a brand that was, around a long time ago so did you guys was it originally like okay we're going to re resurrect this brand or did you have ideas maybe we'll name it something else how did that all come to be so i found uh i, I like going to antique shops and you know doing history i just like digging into old stuff you know i think we all three of us really do um but this is one thing that i found i found uh the uh this is the original box i got it here just to, to show you guys so you see that well yeah that's beautiful so, yeah so i found this in an antique shop and when i when i opened it you know i was like pulling through all these old boxes and i i opened it and it was just like you know like uh old fiction where they're opening up the briefcase and like that oh the light shines <laughs> out yeah that's kind of how it felt i was all like wow you know it's just like i couldn't believe what i saw and it said you know green bay wisconsin and you know that, that was kind of the idea it was like you know it's, there's such a cool history that's that's was here that nobody knows about you know we could you know and i just love the name lovely for a cigar you know i think it yeah. rolls off the tongue it's easy to remember and it's something that we believe in we love where we're from you mm -hmm. know in general so from a standpoint of what could we do to kind of show people what we where we're from what yeah. we believe in uh it, it just made a lot of sense to, to keep going with this so uh that's that's kind of where the name came from yeah uh, what people don't like, people know Green Bay for the Packers, and we touched on that, and they know us uh, about like cheese. Um, a lot of people in Wisconsin know that Green Bay is uh, is the epicenter of uh, where paper is made. So we are a paper, we are a blue collar city through and through. Um, the the if you use toilet paper, paper toweling, it comes through Green Bay. Like Green Bay is where it's produced, and if it's not produced in Green Bay, the machines that produce it in other parts of the country or world get uh, their blueprints for those machines from Green Bay. So those are all Green Bay companies. But even before we were a paper company, and even before we were a meatpacking uh, city, we were actually a cigar rolling city in the 1800s. Uh, Green Bay is on a, uh, we're a port city. The, the Bay of Green Bay is green, and this bay has a, has a river called Fox River, and uh, it's a port city. So the Fox River goes through, go to the bay, which takes you to Lake Michigan, which connects all the other Great Lakes, which will take you out to the ocean. Uh, so sailors in the 1800s would dock in the dock of the port of Green Bay, and and we're, we're, again, not a big, not a big city nowadays. Like 104,000. Yeah. They, they weren't going down to Milwaukee and Chicago because they could go to Green Bay and, and save, you know, days right to travel. Right. So uh, they would dock and then they would pick up their essentials in Green Bay, and the essentials in the 1800s were like salt. It was uh, liquor, uh, deodorant, soaps, and stuff like that, and then tobacco products. So on any given day on the port of Green Bay, on the Fox River, which is just like two miles away from where we're at right now, um, there was hundreds of, of, of independent cigar rollers rolling cigars. So 
uh, Green Bay, Milwaukee, Chicago held like the title of they, those are the people that rolled cigars for the Midwest and they did it for sailors. And so this box, this beautiful box, uh, this was made in the 1800s, right? Yeah. And so we, we, we love our city. Like we're all born and raised from Green Bay. Um, and I, I like to say that like our, our cigar company is like a love letter to our city, you know, because before we were a Packer city and before we were a cheese city and before a paper city, we we're actually, our city was built on the shoulders of tobacconists, built on the shoulders of cigar rollers. And, uh, and no, history is all but like washed that away, right? You know? And, and so it was when, when Mike said, Hey, I found this. And this is in like the same day conversation we're having about starting a cigar line. Uh, we looked at it and we're like, yep, that's it. Done deal. Next order of business. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, and this our, uh, our, our second line that came out, the 162 is based off of the, the 162nd union, the rollers union that was here in Green Bay, which ended up being one of the largest, if not the largest union in the country. You know, it morphed from just rolling cigars to other things, but initially it was just a massive cigar rollers union. So all of our lines are are that they pay homage and, and pay pay respect to our city. And our newest line that's coming out is another one is another brand that was made in the eighteen hundreds that we're resurrecting. And you know, we just have like a catalog of of uh, cigar families that just history just just that just folded up shop when the depression hit or folded up shop when when uh, the Bar Bar hit. Yeah. yeah and we were like well why there's so much history there and that i think people care i think people in the cigar industry care about that and why wouldn't we name all of our lines based off of those old families that were doing it in the 1800s yeah that's cool well something i'm curious about is resurrecting a brand that existed a really long time ago but has really been dormant for ages did how do you how did you guys go about that because i don't know how that works is because even though i i work for i i work my day job is at a law firm that handles uh trademarks and patents and intellectual property but i really i'm not a, an attorney i work in a different side of the business i'm curious about how it works when you resurrect a brand that used to exist but doesn't anymore did you have to go through anything from a trademark standpoint or is it just an available mark that you can well, assume there's a certain time frame. Was that role? I'm telling him to get out of my head. That was my next question to you guys. <laughs> what did you have to do? Did you have to buy the name? Nope. So there's a, there's a certain time frame where things become public domain once you stop being used. Um, but, you know, with that being said, the original family, the, the Rice family that originally came out with this cigar, they still live here. And then the, the Rutten family, the, who was the last guy to be rolling cigars in Green Bay, his uh great grandson and grandson uh, still live here. When we originally started this, I reached out to uh, Peter Rutten's grandson, who was 77 years old, and talked to him about this originally. Um, you know, and, and, and wanted to get kind of their blessing. Uh, you know, like you said, we, we didn't really have to do that kind of stuff, but we wanted to, to talk with them and learn more of the history. And uh, since then, his grandson's passed on and I've spoken to his son. Um, you know, so it's it's something that, you know, we wanted to be conscious of and, and you know, it's, it's, you know, we don't want to steal something. Right. That's, that's not ours. Legality speaking, uh, it was like the, 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 the rough of it is we didn't really have to do it because there wasn't a copyright on it. Uh, but we wanted to do it because if you're making, if you're doing something to, to, to promote how beautiful your city's history is, you want the people that were in it to be, to be a part of it or to at least give your blessing. And when we pitched it to them, they were like, 
do it. Yeah, that's really cool. And so, yeah, uh, we, we have since trademarked and copyrighted and everything. Right. Uh, but yeah, the, all of these things, the, the patents on them died in the 30s. You okay. Know? Yeah, after, I mean, it depends. And like the laws changed over the years, but after it's like 70 some odd years or something like that, if it's not in use, it becomes public domain. It's like, it's like Coca Cola. You know, they're still using their, their logo, the, the same Coca Cola logo that they've been using for 100 years. And if they stop using it, you know, after a while, it becomes public domain. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, I'm, I got to say, I'm really enjoying this cigar. This is the number 162 uh, Corona Gorda, which everybody knows Corona Gorda is the best size of cigar in the world. <laughs> I love it. That's, I wish, we talked about sizes. I'm like, we got it. I don't. I, I don't like these giant ring gauges. I love the smaller ring gauges, and that's that's my favorite size cigar. Well, um, I'm curious to have you tell us and our viewers about the blend specifically. So the number 162 and the Elegante and the other stuff. Tell us, tell us a little bit about the blends and how you guys went through the blending process. Mm. Yeah. That's a, well, that's a, that's an interesting COVID story. <laughs> so the, uh, both, both cigars have Ecuadorian Habano wrappers. The X2 has a Mexican, San Andreas Mexican binder. The 162 has a Sumatran binder. And they both have all Nicaragua fillers from Alapa, Cadega, Esteli, and Ometepe. So uh, similar cigars, uh, that binder definitely makes a difference, adds some different flavor from mm -hmm. the X2 to the 162. Uh, you know, and, and how it started was, you know, we, we, we were getting into this pre-COVID. Like, we were actually going to fly down. Dylan and I were going to fly down to Nicaragua. We had plane tickets and COVID hit. And then we're like, we could probably still go. Like, it's not a big deal. COVID's not real. Um, <laughs> so, that's what we thought of. We're like, it's not a big deal. And then... Uh, they shut the flights down like two or three days before our plane was supposed to leave. So we almost got stuck down in Nicaragua, <laughs> which wouldn't have been terrible, but it wouldn't have been great. Uh, so then through through that, you know, it ended up being where we're talking to our factory and we're saying, you know, this is the, what we want to get out of the cigar. It wasn't like these, like we need this region or we need this tobacco. It was more like we want to have, you know, something on the front end that gets you to notice like, hey, I'm smoking a cigar. We wanted to have some complexity. We wanted it to, to change throughout, um, you know, and, and it's, so that just was this journey of, mm -hmm. you know, saying, all right, we like the start of this one. We like the end of this one. We like the middle of this one. And then send us some new samples. And it took like nine months of a long time, nine or 10 months of just back and forth, back and forth. Mm -hmm. And then finally we got to this X2 and we both, you know, we smoked the cigar. And then the next day we were talking and it's like, I just want to smoke that cigar again. Mm -hmm. Like, I just want to have that cigar now um and that, and that was really when we were like all right this this is yeah. this is what we're gonna ride with well we 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 uh, all three of us are uh we smoke we have different preferences like very different preferences on what like our preferred cigar is okay and so when we started this i remember we had a little notebook paper and uh and and i think i think you said mike you're like write down like the three things you want in your perfect cigar and then we all did that and um and so, like like myself, I wanted uh, I wanted a cigar that had like a, a, a peppery pepper in the front. Like I, I like I like the, the spiciness in the front, and I wanted a cigar that that made a ton of smoke. Um, for me, like when I smoke a cigar and it produces a ton of thick smoke, for me that that's like a, a, the symbol of of of, uh, of success, right? Like, and, and and I wanted my draw to be really easy. 
Um, I, 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 I have a hard time enjoying a cigar that like that takes a lot to keep lit or mm-hmm. to, to, to draw. Um, yeah. I work my butt off and I say this a lot. I work my butt off like in my nine to five and like, I just don't want to work when I have a cigar. And then, and then Mike had his different criteria. Dylan had his different criteria, and uh, yeah, consistency and, is a big deal. And so, yeah. when, when we got samples back, and we told the factory what we wanted and what we wanted it to taste like, and we would get samples in, and they were, they like wouldn't check the boxes, right? And so, on our first line, uh, the the Elegante, that was the first one that we all sat there and were like, we were speechless, like we we were like trying to smoke thing, like we're smoking, trying to find something wrong to write down. And that was the, the first one that was like it checked all the boxes on all of our different palettes. Nice. So two things real quick. One, you can tell how motivated and eager Matt is tonight because you guys are from Green Bay. <laughs> He's on fire. Also, we usually save this towards the end of the show, but we've had two different guys ask where they can find lovely cigars. So, I mean, if you look online, we have a list of all of our current uh, shops. So a lot of them ship uh, direct to consumer. We don't sell direct to consumer because we want to support the shops as much as possible. You know, me having the background of having a shop, I know how important it is for, you know, people not to undercut, you know, shops. Mm-hmm. So for us, we want to encourage that. We want to encourage those relationships. We want to encourage you to go to your local shops. Um, so if, if you don't have somebody nearby, look, look them up on our website. Yeah. You can reach out to them. Mm-hmm. But even better is, you know, send a message to us or to your current shop and let them know that you'd like you'd be interested in, in buying those cigars from that shop. And we'll reach out to them and we'll see if we can work with them. Yeah, and I was looking at your website. It was down when I looked yesterday. Yeah, you, I think it was still uh, it's down. You may yeah. want to contact your webmaster. Uh, yeah. you, there's a... <laughs> Just, uh, I'm, I'm, getting, I'm, I'm getting the same result. Um, so as far as, uh, and you may have said this, and I apologize if I didn't hear it, but um, are there any uh, that you know of uh, retailers who have an online presence where somebody from far away can order online? Riverside Cigars in uh, Southern Indiana. I know they, okay. have, they sell a ton of our stuff. They sell it online. Uh, really great partners with us. So, I mean, there's, there's several that, that are on there that you can reach out to. So, but yeah, Riverside, give them a, you know, Google them and talk to Hunter there and he'll hook you up. Very nice. Well, that's weird. So if you go to lovelycigars.com, it works, but we're, yeah, Google just shut us down for a second. Oh, no worries. It's all good. Yeah, it's there. Yeah, so if you, so if you go direct. Yeah, Yeah. lovelycigars.com, but why are, this is late, this is breaking news. Breaking news here on How About That Cigar Live. Mike, uh, Brody just reached out and uh, said reach his uh, reach out to his local cigar. He's got some influence down there, so might get you in a shop down in Louisiana. Well, jump on our website, lovelycigars.com, and send us a message on there. We'll get it. We'll reach out to him right away. Very you got cool. that, Brody? Very cool. Um, well, one of the things I've always been curious about for anybody who starts a brand is even having experience on the retail side and having an opportunity to get to know people in the cigar industry and build some relationships in the cigar industry, there's a lot to choose from in uh, Central America as far as cigar factories. And you know, when you're, when you're building a brand and working out a factory partnership, how did you guys go about choosing 
where you were going to have the cigars made uh, and, and what led you to that decision? Well, uh, we tried, we tried a few different factories. We talked to a handful of different people. Um, you know, some of the, the bigger names that we don't need to talk about said, no, thank you. Um, and, uh, and you know, what ended up happening is I reached out to uh, an old contact of mine, Dave Lampert. Um, you might know him. He used to be the Rocky Patel rep for yeah. Syria. He lives down in Texas now. And I reached out to Dave after talking to a handful of people and He's like, you know, you should talk to these guys. And it was Carlos Sanchez at Tacasa. And he's like, he's a great guy. He'll take care of you. And I reached out to Carlos. We had some really good conversations. Uh, him, along with a couple other factories, we started getting some samples from. And, and everything we got from him was above the other guys. You know, so mm. uh, from a standpoint of what we were getting, you know, quality-wise, consistency-wise, uh, it, it worked out really well. And then to, to have the relationship with Carlos – to, I mean, he's just—he's a fantastic person. He's, he's mm -hmm. good people, um, and he's been doing it for 30 years. You know, he's been in this industry for a really long time, and you know, it, it just—it worked out really well for us. And same thing, you know, it's like these things just kind of kept happening. It kept working out. You know, yeah. where if it hadn't worked out, we would have said, "All right, well, it's enough trying," mm -hmm. and and it did. It kept working out. So um, it, it did come finally from. You know, a contact that I made when I had a cigar shop that reached out and, you know, built that relationship. Yeah. It, it, uh, the other cigar uh, factors that we reached out to, um, weirdly, a couple of them have since contacted us if we've been in contact with, and they're like, we'd love to make a cigar for you. Um, <laughs> but now we have a little steam behind us. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was one of those that it, it actually wasn't all that difficult. Like, you think that doing this would be a lot more. Uh, a lot more challenging, um, but I don't know if it was the, the again the stupidity in the naivety about why couldn't we do it that uh, the everything just started falling into place. You know, with Carlos, it took time. It's it's a it's a time. It's like three years. It's a per perseverance a little bit, but a lot of it was like a door would uh, doors would shut and then one would open and we would go through it and then that would lead to more doors opening. Yeah, but from concept. So when we actually started selling cigars, it was like a three-year process, you know? So it's not like you can take a plane down there, find somebody, have them roll cigars, and you're selling cigars in three months, you know? Uh, it, you know, it, it, there's a lot of hoops to jump through legally mm -hmm. for the just the country, for the state, Wisconsin, you know? Just yeah, for sure. In general, we had, to, we had to jump through all of those hoops uh, to get to the point where we could actually start selling cigars. So yeah, but if it started in like 2019, we just started actually having a product in our hand to sell uh, September of 22, you know, last, last week of August of 22. So we've actually had cigars for 16 months, right? Okay. 15 months. So like not that long, but yeah, yeah the process was started, the inception of it was a long time ago. Um, but yeah, doors doors just open. And I we I think we live by a good motto. If, you just, if you're treat people right you know people will want to treat you right in return you know like yeah. we all, all three of us just have a tendency of being able to make friends and that has just had our our cigar company grow i think large in part because we just we just have a knack of making friendship yeah yeah when i first met mike i think we hit it off right away at sody's Inley. yeah so you walk in the shop i said yeah we'll take a couple boxes um, <laughs> so um you being in the industry now, who has mentored you um, so far along your career? And uh, have you made any 
good connections with uh, with some of the guys in the industry. Industry. Yeah, I mean we've uh, Big Sky gets their stuff made at the same factory as us, so we've worked with those guys, yeah. talked with those guys quite a bit. Um, you know, and it was one of those conversations where I, I called Jess and I was talking to him, and I was like, "Hey, like, do you mind like sharing some of the stuff you've done and some of the things you've worked on?" And he was all like, "Yeah, I didn't have anybody to do that with me, so I'd be happy to, you know, talk to you guys." So that was he was super beneficial initially in talking with us. Uh, you know, we reached out to the Lucione guys and had good conversations Great with conversation them. Great with them, yeah. Uh, good dudes. You know, just everybody's everybody's there to see you succeed in mm-hmm. the cigar industry. You know, they, they they know what it's like to start. They know what it's like to persevere. They know what it's like to, you know, go through it. So anytime you reach out to them, it's it's always been well-received. And we've had the opportunity to do that since, too, with, with other uh, people that are maybe just a couple years behind us. So this this industry it's I, I don't I, I I don't think it's like other industries you know like agreed there's this mm-hmm. this is an industry that there's there's enough pie for everybody yeah. you know mm-hmm. it's so when we go to PCA when we go to like events like that everyone just wants to kind of like make help everyone succeed you know so I I have always asked questions on people that maybe if I thought twice about it maybe I shouldn't be asking them because they're they're much larger fish, <laughs> uh, but even 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 those guys, they'll they'll take time out and, and sit literally sit down with you and, and talk to you about about the industry. Um, guys of companies that I love smoking cigars with, that that I love smoking their cigars. Uh, they they don't come off like uh, you know like they're too big or too good to answer a question. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And then you guys mentioned PCA too. Um, are there any plans for Lovely Cigars to be a PCA this year or in the near future? Yeah, yeah, we have a booth this year uh, already secured. We uh, we're looking at our next line of cigars that's going to be coming out. So we don't want to give you too much information right now, but uh, we are looking at Connecticut and the Maduro that we'll be bringing out at the show. Um, so you know, it's, it's we we had a great show when we we're out there, met a ton of people. I know we were uh, the surprise stogie of the show for Claro Cigars. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's great experiences all the way around. Yeah, this last year, so two years ago, we went to PCA uh, just kind of like just to see what it was, you know, and like to, I guess, network, but mainly yeah. just walk around and just. I've been there before, you know, when I had the shop, like ask questions if we could get out there and see and meet more people. And so this last year uh, was our first year there, and it was it was bananas, man. It was. I mean, some of those days there was like there, we had three hours there, and then we had a sales rep with us. And at one at one point, we were getting interviewed by three different publications while <laughs> people are buying our cigars, and it was it was it was it was unreal. And so, th- yes, we will be a PCA in March. Um, and yeah, it's it's a fun it's a fun weekend. Oh yeah, absolutely. Hey Mike, what lessons did you learn when you were at the shop that's helped you? through this whole process? Uh, I I think some of the lessons that I've learned, you know, were some of the bigger companies that were out there when we first opened our doors. Uh, (laughs) And then that's, that's kind of when the internet started really picking up and getting bigger. Uh, So I I saw some shops that were starting to really get some steam and really get some momentum. And then those shops, or I should say shops, but those brands all started selling online. And when they started selling online, they started undercutting all the shops. 
you know, and, and that was really disappointing for me as a shop owner because, you know, we couldn't really carry their cigars anymore because people would smoke one or two of our cigar, their cigars, and then they would go online and they buy them for $3 less a stick, you know? So for me, that, that was a, a, a huge learning point, you know, and, and to say, you know, as we grow, we want to support everybody. You know, we want to make sure that we're, we have inventory for the shops. We want to make sure that when people call us, we respond and we get back to them. You know, those just basic customer service that a lot of places just, they get too busy or I don't know what the reason is, but a lot of people stop doing those things. So, you know, good business sense as came from, you know, kind of getting beat up a little bit on the, on the retail side. So for us to not have those mistakes, that's, I think, huge in, in our growth. Well, and I, I applaud the fact that you, you're not selling direct to consumer. I've, mm-hmm. I've seen some brands do that. I, I really don't agree with it. You know, I, everybody can do whatever they want to do. But I, I just think from a standpoint of, you know, if you're going to have a brand and you want to actually be able to support your retail partners, then selling direct to consumer yourselves is kind of an end around. And I applaud you guys for that. Yeah. Well, here, let me ask you, let me throw this out there as a question for you guys. This is something I thought of. So if we were ever looking to do that, my thought was what we would do is we'd find out, like, say, Illinois, for example, they've got like a, I don't know, 40 some odd percent or 60 percent tax off of mm-hmm. wholesale. You know, so their cigars there cost three dollars more a stick than they do in, you know, Pennsylvania, Florida. Right. So if we were to sell online, my thought is we, we would sell for 10% higher than what our highest retail partner was selling for. Because, you know, just like the guys that were messaging us saying, hey, where can I find these? Like say, hey, you can buy them from us. They're not gonna be cheaper than what you're gonna be able to buy in the store. Mm-hmm. But, you know, until we're in the store near you, this is an option. You know, I, I don't know if that's a good idea or not, but that's something that we've talked about in our meetings. Yeah, I, I'll be honest, it's tricky. I don't, I, I can't say. I, uh, um... I don't either, I don't know. Yeah, uh, somebody who's only worked in retail. I've, I haven't owned a retail shop before, and um, only done this the media side of things yeah. in cigars. Uh, it's hard to say, really. I know if you stick with shops, at least in the beginning, you'll create that loyalty, and they will. A lot of shops will tear down the walls for you, and that's yeah. just showing love to them. Yeah, brick and mortar, or, or maybe have like a store locator <laughs> on your site, you know, that can direct them to other stores that they can purchase them from too. If that's not already a yeah. thing, you know. Yeah, and that's that's really the direction we're going. It's just we're I'm always trying to come up with ideas and ways to do things. So it's something we've thought about, talked about. I just want to get some feedback, so I appreciate it. Um, one other thing I had that's not really cigar related. <laughs> Um, you know, we just we're we're in the holiday season now. What people call the holiday season, uh, at least here in the states. You know, Thanksgiving's just over. We're coming headlong into the Christmas season, like it or not. So, um, I'm always curious about people's holiday traditions because some people have some non-traditional holiday traditions. You know, in their families. So, do each of you have an example of something that your family does? either for Thanksgiving or Christmas or New Year's, that's maybe a little different than some other families do it? Well, I, uh, our kids are older now, so our, our youngest our youngest is 16. So what we do at this point is we do uh, Chinese food in a movie, 
on, on nice. Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. So you know, it's it's we don't do like a ton of gifts and stuff anymore. You know, it's we're kind of beyond that, and we we just do something fun that we could all enjoy. And uh, we've been doing that for a few years now, and, and everybody loves it. It's uh, it's a lot of fun, and so I guess that's that's one of the things we do that's a little different. No, I, I we don't do anything. My kids are a little younger, so my, mine are nine and seven. And uh, I no, we do we we do the the traditional the traditional stuff because you know, <laughs> the window that you have where where kids can look forward to their holidays and stuff is very small. So we um, did that until yeah until some of that you know young kid magic was, we're, was gone. We're thinking <laughs> we're we're gonna go on vacation for Christmas. Uh, the day after Christmas, we're gonna. We asked the kids if they wanted to do. Uh, it's because uh, my, my kids get like they have, they have aunts and uncles and and grandmas and and and, and uh, nanas. Uh, so they get a lot of toys. But this year, we're, we're we we said, hey, would you would you guys consider us going on a trip now every year for Christmas? Because you're still gonna get your video games. You're still gonna get your toys from 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 the extended family. And so we're we're gonna go on a trip this year. So nice. if we have this interview next year, I'll say yes. We go on trips every every Christmas. <laughs> hey, hey, Keith, can you talk to Mike about his uh, artwork? He's got one little tattoo on his on his arm. Oh, can you tell him to pick up his tattoo game? He just got that, and that's that's got that like four months ago. That's not his. That's not his. Like, it's not his personality type. So I, I we came to a because every week we have a business meeting where we have a cigar and we talk about business and. And he showed me his tattoo, and that just—that's not Mike, right? So like, it was a, it was a, it was a, it was a step out of the box for him on that. I, no. I myself, I've been tattooed. I, I got, I sleeved out and I, a chest plate like right away. So I haven't gotten a new tattoo in gosh, almost twenty years now. No. Uh, but Mike, yeah, Mike, this is a just, just step through the step through the old threshold of getting tattoos. It's a slippery slope, brother. Yeah. It's a slippery slope. I know. I, know, I already want to expand on what I got. So <laughs> <laughs> It's very addicting. Yeah. Very addicting. Yeah. Um, well, so let's check in on, well, let's check in on the cigars. I got to say this, I am really enjoying this cigar. I'm going to hold it up again to the camera. I'm really enjoying this cigar right here. Um, and it's so unique, isn't it? It's well, I love the fact, first of all, that, and you guys mentioned this. I love the fact that it's got a great draw. The yeah. draw is open, but it's not like too open. Uh, tons of smoke output. And I love the fact that it's there's there's a lot of pepper, but there is so much sweetness too mm. that that I get out of this cigar. That's just like this natural, like aged tobacco sweetness, mm -hmm. and yeah. and I love Sumatra tobacco because I always feel like I get this kind of like Coca Cola kind of vibe from Sumatra tobacco. I love that, and I'm getting a ton of that from this one. Uh, but I also love the fact that the the retrohale kind of pops on the nostrils and then wakes you up a little bit. I love that. So Justin, yeah. you're smoking the same thing. What do you think of it? I'm already done with it. Hey, <laughs> wow. power smoke. I already finished it. Power smoke. What'd you great. think of it? It was great. Yeah, it was good. I like some. Yeah, that uh, Omotepe leaf in there adds some dimension. You know, we, uh, when we were just down in Nicaragua, we were down there in the fields and, uh, you know, Carlos has fields all over Omotepe. So it's, it's one of those things where not everybody has, access to that and it's something that's in all of our cigars nice uh what about you're smoking the elegante correct yeah. yeah i've smoked this before this was the original i've smoked a few yeah. of these yeah you and like i like that. it i do i do i like it with coffee in the morning yeah 
Yeah, I, I like I like both both our lines with coffee. Yeah. Well, and, and one of the things that we talked about when we were originally looking at this is, you know, we wanted something that's going to hit the guys that are, you know, educated smokers, and it's also going to hit the guys that are, are newer smokers. So it's it's a medium in strength, but it's got a lot of flavor. So it's got a lot that you can work with, you know, in it. So it can stand up and be kind of that one cigar you're going to have at the end of the night. Or it can be something you're going to have early on in the day with a cup of coffee, and you can have another cigar afterwards. So it doesn't burn out your palate. Um, yeah. And really, that's you know, there's there's a lot of good cigars out there that have after smoking them, I, I don't want to have another cigar right away. You know. But right. What we wanted to do is create stuff where, like, if I want to have another cigar, I can I can light up another cigar. Yeah. So I see you twirling that thing around. So this whiskey, I really do enjoy this whiskey a lot. You're going to be so surprised what it is. Um, but. It's. I'm very confused by the fact that it's a Tennessee whiskey, but it's a Tennessee bourbon, and and I, I, I am very confused, uh, because I'm thinking of. I mean, Tennessee whiskey, you think of Jack Daniels, but Tennessee and bourbon, because Jack Daniels is not necessarily a bourbon, but you think of bourbons from the state of Tennessee. I'm thinking like. Heaven's Door, Bib and Tucker. Nope, nope. Dickel has a Tennessee bourbon. Nope. Um, I, I'm going to be fair and tell you you're not going to guess it. Oh, well, then hit me with it. It's another Kirkland. It's, it's another, another Kirkland? It's another Kirkland. Costco. Another Costco bourbon. Show us that on the screen. Costco. So it's another Kirkland. I tell you what, don't sli- if, if you if you enjoy fine spirits... Of course, in moderation with a fine cigar. Mm-hmm. Of course, in moderation, but buy yeah. <laughs> by, yeah, but buy the 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 full drum at Kirkland. Yeah. You know, they, they they really do have good selections. So that's two now you've tried them that that, that you've liked. For, I have I have enjoyed. And they're roughly between twenty two and twenty eight dollars. Yeah, they, the prices are good, yeah. um, and they are actually standard size bottles. So right. <laughs> there's that. Um, all right, I think it's time. It's time. It is now time, ladies and gentlemen, for this week's Numero de los Muertos. <laughs> and as always, Numero de los Muertos is brought to us by our friends at Smoke In. Numero de los Muertos, episode 224. Guys, this one's weird this week. I, I wouldn't expect anything less. I know. So if you so, guys... Go ahead. So, yeah, you go ahead and tell them. So if you guys don't know how to play this little game of ours, 
is he finds a number of people that have been deceased, um, sometimes fictional, mostly real life. And uh, it's like Easter egg hunt. We start picking out whether this or that or this and that, and we narrow it down and, and we figure it out. So you guys play 20 questions. I'm going to basically we're looking for a cause of death. And these are always just weird, quirky, unusual. Um, and we're looking for a cause of death. I'll say or fact. So this one's fact. Okay. And I'll say it was <clears throat> this was only in the year 2015. Ooh. Recently. And the number is one. One. Oh, man. <laughs> Kept yeah. a tough one for you guys. Oh, man. One person died? Is that what this is? In 2015. From this particular unusual cause. Was this on land or water? On land. Was it in the United States? It was in the United States. Was it in Green Bay, Wisconsin? Um, no, it was not. I'm sorry. It was not in the United States. Not in, oh. oh, you just threw us off. It was not in the United States. It was not in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Okay. Did it involve a parasite of some sort? Uh, no parasites. Autos involved? Uh, vehicles are not involved. Animals? Uh, animals are not involved. What? Was, uh, uh, was it during a sporting event? Uh, not that I'm aware of. Okay. 2015. Was it a man or a woman? It was a man. Man. So that opens the door to all kinds of dumb shit. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's pretty much well, true. Yeah. yeah. What, what, what country or what? What we gotta figure out what? Yeah. Where are we at? What I'll narrow it down to Europe for Europe. you. Europe. Okay. There's some weird shit going on in Europe. <laughs> did, it involve, did it involve uh, drugs or drinking? Um. Uh, not, not directly. No. Fell in a stadium from Rich Jordan, our buddy. Uh, fell in a stadium. No, it's not a stadium. Running of the bulls. Not running of the bulls. Animals are not involved. Okay. Accidental. <laughs> um, no. No. That, okay. That's no. I'm going to go with no yeah. on that one. Was it civilian or military? Civilian. Hmm. Uh, would the... Birth, would the death certificate say natural causes and or have a natural cause? No. Ooh, I like that. Very good question. That's a great... I, nobody's ever asked that before. And I'm going to hold on to that one. That's a great, <laughs> great question. Okay. Um, hmm. How old was this person? Hmm. Uh, 29 years old. Ooh, 29 years old. So, Again, all kinds of crazy shit. Twenty-nine-year-old. We said this is not yeah. a workplace accident. I'll say this death occurred. Yeah. During the commission of a crime. Okay. Mm. So was the the crime on this person, or was this person the person that did the crime? This the person who passed away was the perpetrator of the crime. Carjacking got shot it in the head. No. Falling. Uh, it did not involve falling. It involved a firearm. No. Stuck in a chimney. <laughs> not stuck in a chimney. That's a good. That's a good one. I got to hold on to that one for a future. Christmas, maybe. Huh? Uh, not a sporting event. Hmm. Not a carjack. Were, were they? Was this person pierced with something? Yes. Oh, right. We're onto something. But right. not not what you might think. In two thousand fifteen. So the T one thousand still in the running. Did right. this have something to do with like a sword? Or a spear. No, no weapons were involved. Or like, like Arnold said, a, a, a blunt object. <laughs> it it was so the 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 death occurred due to 
a blunt object striking the victim in the head. Uh, uh, but a, a baton from the cop? Not a baton. <laughs> no, nobody else was involved except the perpetrator. He hit himself in the head? Not exactly. <laughs> no. So he didn't fall on something and hit his head? That's correct. He did not fall. Jousting did something fall on him? Uh, something flew at him and hit him in the head. Oh, okay. Was it a high heel shoe? <laughs> it was not a high heel shoe. Was <laughs> it a boomerang? Hitting something? No. Hitting something with a hammer and it rebounded? So I'm, I'm going to. Was it an air conditioner that fell out of a window? Ooh. No. Hmm. This one's going to. Uh, I, I want to just kind of. Throwing a rock and it bounced off glass. No, I want to kind of give this one to you guys because it's it's just really out there. Step it's step this one is like, like, stepped on a super rake. crazy. Not stepped on a rake or a boomerang so or a brick. It, in 2015, a German man died on Christmas Day Ooh. after attempting to rob the money out of a condom machine by blowing it up. <laughs> <laughs> he was killed by rubbers and <laughs> a, a large chunk of this condom machine after it exploded <laughs> flew at him and hit him in the head and killed him wow and you're, so you're gonna tell me that no other person died like that in 2015 <laughs> not not on record at least i mean it's it's i'm not gonna rule it caught. out <laughs> yeah i mean he got caught but... he got he got caught but not yeah. uh he got caught in the head by a big chunk of a condom machine. I mean, how much money was he planning on getting? From that? I don't that's know. a good question. Uh, I mean, I, 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 that's just being drunk in a bar, right? What, what goes through his head is like, oh, you know, if I'm in the, I need some money. That condom yeah. Machine. What went through his head was a piece of the machine. Yeah. <laughs> Where did he get the explosive from? I mean, he had to have planned it out. Now I have hundreds of dollars of worth of C4. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the C4 I mean, he spent he spent more on the, on the C4 yeah, than, <laughs> than he would have gotten out of the machine. I don't want to sell the C4 to make the money. I want to use the C4 to get like fifteen dollars and seventy eight cents out of it. <laughs> yeah, it was probably just like an NPD that he had left over from some party um, or something. Or maybe maybe he didn't even want the money. Maybe he just needed a condom really bad. Maybe maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, he was trying to be safe. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, police confirmed that none of the money or condoms uh, had been taken. <laughs> yeah. Man, what a way to go on Christmas at that. Oh, uh, Christmas Day. Christmas Day. What a way to go. Wow. What a way to go. Mm -hmm. All right, guys. That was this week's Numero de los Muertos. <laughs> All right, let's jump into the lightning round brought to us by our friends at J.C. Newman Cigar Company, America's oldest family-owned premium cigar maker, creators of the popular Brick House, Perla Del Mar, Diamond Crown, and the American. J.C. Newman Cigar Company operates out of their 112-year-old El Relo Cigar Factory in historic Cigar City, Tampa, Florida. For more information on their cigars or their visitor experience, please visit J.C. Newman dot com all right so we're gonna go one at a time here with these lightning round questions uh so mike let's start with you if you could hear the thoughts of one living person for 10 minutes who would it be and why oh that's tough 
Chuck Norris. Chuck Norris. I want to know if he uh, comes up with his own. He doesn't. His own things he about doesn't. himself. He doesn't. Nor does his son. No? Yeah. Well, that's the first thing that came to mind. I know a suspicious uh, large amount of information about Chuck Norris. <laughs> <laughs> suspicious? I, well, I mean, I, more than I think a normal human being probably knows. Wow. I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. That'll be for the next time we have you guys on the show. There you go. Absolutely. We got to dive into that. Uh, so, Keith, what's uh, who's your living person you would want to hear for 10 minutes? Um, James Hetfield. Oh, I like that. Mm -hmm. I like that. That's very good. <laughs> yeah, I would want. I, I'd want to just sit down with him, have a have a cigar with him. I don't. No, I just what? want him to play. Yeah, just I, I just, just want, want him to play. Yeah, just plug in and play. I'll just yeah. sit and listen. Well, I mean, like you know, what goes on through his head when he's like, I mean, man, Make some music. What goes on through his head? Like, does he concentrate when he plays? When he plays, like we talked pre-show a little bit about mm -hmm. music and stuff. Like, yeah. what goes on in his head? Like, when he when he's doing puppets, like that's a just all downstroke, you know? Like, yeah. Does he have to think about that still? You know? It might be second nature after all these years. Yeah, you, so. you, yeah that, his that right hand, his down. It's just muscle memory at this point. Machine. Yeah. All right. Um, so, Mike, going back to you for this one. <coughs> Excuse me, guys. If you were about to get into a fight, mm. what would your soundtrack music be? Soundtrack music? Yes. Oh. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> you already know. He knows already. Right, yeah. already uh, boy, probably something by Rage Against the Machine. Ooh, yes. Yeah. I like that. I like that. I mean, almost anything. Yeah. Keith, what about you? Uh, well, it's obvious. Um, this one, it's an American classic. It would be uh, the Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels theme song. Nothing, guys. No, I'm. I... <laughs> Shawn Michaels, WWF. Yeah. Yeah, I. I'm sorry. I don't. I've never. The black and pink baby. <laughs> Heartbreak Kid, man. <laughs> Raul, no, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know the song either. Pull up the song. Pull up the song. All right, guys. I, got I, wish, I wish we could play it. We'll get kicked off of YouTube. If we play it. <laughs> Excuse me. I got a question. We'll start with you, Keith. Yeah. The most overrated and underrated fast food. Mm. Underrated in and out. Overrated Popeye's chicken. Mm. Ooh, mm. Not controversy. Yeah, controversy. I'm a big fan of Popeye's chicken myself. So I love Popeye's chicken. I do. I do love yeah, Popeye's Mike, what about you, bud? Overrated, I would say Five Guys. Yeah, it's pretty salty. Five Guys, I think it's pretty overrated. Mm hmm. The burgers are overrated. The fries are the fries are on point, in my opinion. I, I, agree. I agree with you, Mike. The burgers, I can't. I don't really don't care for their burgers. I would say, uh, for me, the uh, I, I don't think it's underrated here, but nationally, I think Culver's burgers are are number one. So See, I, I, would say, say, I was going to say a burger. I, I would yeah, say I like underrated other places, but I think they're. I was going to put that as overrated. Mm. Mm. Oh, I love Culver's, yeah. but I but I more go for that that tenderloin sandwich than the. Than the burgers. I mean, I like the burgers too, but that tenderloin sandwich. Oh, you see how fit I am? I go straight. <laughs> I go straight for the ice cream. 
<laughs> well, yeah. everything else. Yeah. It's so good. <laughs> All right, Justin, hit him with the favorite the question. Favorite question of the night. The zombie apocalypse is coming. You have three cigar industry related people to be part of your zombie apocalypse survival squad. Who do you pick and why? And let's start off with Mike. Number one, I pick our guy, Carlos. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, I love what he makes for us. I love everything he's given us. So uh, I would pick Carlos. Been around for 30 years. So he knows a few things. Um, from a creative standpoint, I'd probably pick Pete Johnson from Tepuahe. I love what Pete does for people. I love the Saints and Sinners. Um, he's done some really good stuff. And then uh, Nick from Foundation, I think, would be the, the three guys I would pick. Zombie apocalypse. Excellent choices. Solid squad. Excellent he, he's choices. always good having your zombies when he's got all those monsters around him <laughs> all the time. What about you, Keith? Uh, the Patel guys. Stay home. Oh. That's <laughs> the Patel, the Patel army. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice dudes. Nice dudes. Yes. Excellent. I, I, I suppose, I mean, if, if, and I've never met this guy, but like AJ Fernandez, I think that from a, from a, just a, I mean, if, if you're essentially getting like the a handful of people that are going to be able to still make cigars, I, I, I think that guy doesn't strike out, man. I think that guy just makes hits, you know? He's the Paul McCartney man. I've just seen, everything comes out of that guy's that guy's studio. It's just a hit. Yes, yes, I love it. Um, all right, let's jump into this week's notable smokables. Those are brought to us by Luciano Cigars, improving lives through fine cigars. Uh, visit LucianoCigars.com to learn more. Sorry, I closed one of my tabs that I shouldn't have closed, but it's okay. I remember it. I, I have it all memorized. Yeah, it's all in there. Yeah, it's all, all right. Up, it's all right up here. Uh, so, guys, each week we each name a cigar that we smoked recently uh, that was notable to us. Now, this could be a cigar that's been on the market for decades, uh, but we just smoked it for the first time in a very long time. Or this could be a cigar that's brand new to the market that we smoked for the first time ever. Now, obviously, you're smoking mostly your own stuff, but... If you ever get a chance to jump outside of your own cigar portfolio, uh, what's something you've had recently that was notable to you? I, I really like the M81 uh, Black and Cigar, Drew Estate. I really, really enjoy that one. That This last year, uh, I, I had it for the first time early this year, and that has that was, I think it's a perfected Maduro. I, I think it's brilliant. That's a nice cigar, definitely. Tripled Maduro. Yeah, I would be in disagreement with that because I've smoked that cigar a few times and I've not enjoyed it. Uh, but that's the funny thing about our company is like we don't like the same cigars, right? right. Like, that we land on the we land on a blend that we're like that's the one. It, it, it showcases so many like me and him have both such a varied taste. Yeah, and so yeah, so this doesn't surprise me. <laughs> um, for me, I, I really like the Olmec. Uh, from oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think that's it's it's just a winner. You know, that robusto size that they have is is phenomenal. Yeah, I I like that cigar a lot. Do you like the Claro or the Maduro better? I like the Maduro a lot. Oh yeah, yeah, very nice cigar. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Uh, Raul, what's yours? Mine is the Romacraft Neanderthal H Town Lancero. Oh yes, 
Yes. Great Lancero. I loved all those H Town Lanceros. Mm -hmm. And that uh, that Neanderthal just sings in the Lancero size. Really love it. Justin, what about you? Um, I had a uh, cigar <clears throat> that my fiance's dad gave me a couple months ago, and then I figured it was time to smoke it with him on Thanksgiving, so I busted it out. It was uh, that Weller by Cohiba, actually. Oh, yeah. What did you think of it? It was actually really enjoyable after uh, Thanksgiving dinner and some bowling, and uh, yeah, it was fun. Nice. Was good cigar. Very cool. Yeah, I have one of those hanging out in the humidor somewhere. I haven't smoked it yet, though. Yeah. Probably time to get to that. Yeah. Uh, my notable this week uh, was the... So, so for the last, I think, three years or four years, uh, Postania Cigars uh, has put out a war bear, uh, what they call the war bear. Uh, and this year they did, of course, my favorite, the Corona Gorda. Mm -hmm. And um, box press Corona Gorda, barber pole, wrapper, really nice cigar. I, I got to say, even so here's the weird thing is sometimes, you know, even even if you have a favorite size, a blend will just speak better to you in a different size i actually like the toro from last year a little better mm. um but yeah the corona gorda really really nice cigar uh, i had one of those just this past week uh and i really really dig it so uh that was this week's notable smokables brought to us by luciano cigars uh to find out more please visit lucianocigars.com all right, let's talk about some coming attractions that you will see soon on How About That Cigar Live. Those are brought to us by our friends at A.J. Fernandez. Born and raised in Cuba, A.J. Fernandez now produces unparalleled premium cigars in Esteli, Nicaragua. The A.J. Fernandez portfolio of cigars provides blend strength and flavor profiles to match the preferences of any premium cigar consumer, whether it's New World, Dios de Gloria, San Latano, Enclave, or Bayas Artes, you are sure to be satisfied with a premium cigar from A.J. Fernandez. Uh, all right, so coming up on December 4th, uh, we have our good friend Reinhard, who is also coming to us from Marifel Cigars, but also has a fantastic weekly show on Facebook, uh, the Light'em Up Lounge. Uh, super cool guy. Cannot wait to have him on the show. And on December 11th, uh, we have Ed Trevino, who is the VP of Sales for Luciano Cigars. And then closing out the year, this will be our last show uh, of 2023, and that is our yearly uh, show where we do a year in review. So right behind us here, we have the box of bands, uh, the beautiful box that my wife uh, built for us with our logo on the front, which you really can't see right now. But uh, that's full of the bands. We're going to open that up like we always do. We're going to go through what we smoked a lot of this year, uh, talk about some of the big notable uh, news events from the cigar industry from 2023, uh, and say thanks to all our great viewers for making it another great year. Um, so, guys, if you would please give our viewers and listeners an idea, where is the best place for them to keep up with everything going on with lovely cigars? Well, it, it was lovely cigars. It was, I am. Uh, an hour ago, it was. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> and we're at, at lovely.cigars on Instagram. So that's the other place you can find out information about us. But uh, we will have the website up and running again here soon. I so was checking. I was checking during the show. I, I, I don't know. It, it, I don't know. I, I have to take a look at the. Uh, uh, yeah, he's
Well, it, I mean, it does. The cool thing is it does still work directly. If you just type in the address, uh, you know, and go to it, it works. But for right now, Google search results, they're showing up. But when you click on the search result, it it hits nowhere. You guys, I'm, I guarantee you'll be able to figure that out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, thank you so much for being on the show. We really appreciate it. Uh, congratulations on the startup of the new company. And we look forward to, you know, uh, to big things for you guys in the future. We cannot wait to see you at PCA in uh, in March, and if not sooner, and uh, just keep up the good work, guys. Thank you. Make sure you Thank save you a couple minutes for us. What's that? Make sure you save a couple minutes for us at PCA. We'll come see oh, you. yeah, absolutely. Thanks a lot, guys. We appreciate you. God bless. God bless, man. Well, viewers and listeners, guys, thank you so much for being the best part of How About That Cigar Live. We are so grateful that you spent some time with us tonight here on YouTube and on Facebook. And, of course, if you're listening after the fact on the audio podcast, thank you so much for listening while you work out, drive down the road, whatever it is you do when you listen to your favorite audio podcast. We really appreciate you giving us some time. Take just a minute on all of uh, our Facebook page and our youtube channel and and on uh and on tiktok yeah uh, all your favorite social media plas platforms you will find us at hbt cigar if you have questions for any of us you can email us directly on the website how about that cigar.com and it's just been a great show guys yeah. thank you thanks a lot for joining us we appreciate as it. always guys you know it you love it until we see you next time burn cigars and not bridges thanks guys any comments, opinions, viewpoints, or statements presented or uttered by guests on the HBTC podcast, HBTC live video streams, and all other media from HBT Media LLC are solely those of the individual and do not necessarily represent the opinions or viewpoints of How About That Cigar or its parent company, HBT Media LLC, any of our advertising partners, or the premium cigar industry. The primary purpose of How About That Cigar is to entertain and to encourage activity and growth within the community of people who enjoy or want to learn about the enjoyment of premium premium cigars.